Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Into this edition of Road Trippin'. I'm Allie Clifton. That's Channing Fry. He's Richard Jefferson. Yes. Um, we have a lot of shit to talk about. God. We do. We, we do. a lot of shit. Um, and I think we should preface with the fact that this is going to be a bit of a different episode uh, than many are used to. Um, just because we have a lot to talk about. Um, and rightfully so. Uh, the NBA is back. We're going to get to that in a moment. Um, we have some cool things on the horizon that we want to inform. Oh, for all the people that thought we were sleeping. For all the people that thought we were sleeping and not doing anything. Some of I, us I, I've been taking naps. <laughs> well, oh, I, I definitely, naps are still included. But uh, uh, We're going to get to all of that. And it'll be exciting and it's fun and you'll all want to hear about it. Um, but first, I think we should spend some time, and deservedly so, rightfully so, and I'm actually going to shut my mouth here in a moment um, and listen a lot right now, um, but to address what's going on in the state of our country. So I'm going to put this out there for the both of you, um, whoever wants to go first, please. Um, but with what has been going on most recently, the last 10 days or so, um, what have been your reactions, your emotions, your feelings um, to what's going on in America. <laughs> Man, <laughs> honestly, there, there's no place to start. There's no place. There's. I'm glad we're on a podcast because we can actually we can talk about this stuff. But no, man, I I, I think I think there's so many issues here in America uh, that are hidden and covered up. Um, that aren't talked about, um, and there's some that are in the forefront, and then things aren't being done uh, about it. Um, and it's just, dude, like you know, everyone makes these jokes about 2020, and I, I, I was telling somebody, I was like, look, three weeks ago or a month ago, you know, we have to see uh, the guy Ahmad basically tracked down in a truck and killed. Right, and then black people are like, "Yo, we need justice." Then you see a young African American kid getting the cops called on him uh, in Central Park, and this lady's like, "I'm gonna say that," and you're just like, "Oh man!" And then you turn your TV on a week later, and you're like, "People, like, come on!" At some point in time, we have to really, really address this. And I know that there's other tensions in our country, but. When, when you see what, you know, and there's some people that haven't seen it, and this is an uncomfortable conversation. Um, I told somebody, so everyone here knows Luke and his little, you know, beautiful boy Lawson. Well, Lawson and Little Rich are best friends. They're six months apart. They do everything together. Lawson can't stand Little Rich, very similar to the way Luke can't stand me. And everybody here in the, in the local Manhattan Beach area, Hermosa Beach area, knows the Manhattan Beach Creamery. So we go there, and little Lawson grabs a water gun and little Rich grabs a water gun. And I'm like, little Rich, we don't play with guns. And my buddy was telling me the story and he was like, immediately the minute you said that, I understood why. I understood why you told him to put back that water gun. And it's like, me and Luke went to the same school. We had the same education. We both made plenty of money. We both live in the same neighborhood. We've both been successful past our careers or past our basketball careers but I have to teach my son different rules than he has to teach his son. And that's something that ultimately needs to change. And, and hopefully these conversations will continue to grow in this 
protest and activism will actually grow into change. That's, that's my biggest hope. But from what I'm seeing right now, changes are coming. <laughs> change, uh, change, changes are coming. See, I, and Rich, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, um, I think the biggest thing right now is that it took that much for everyone to snap, right? It could have been because everyone was at home. Uh, people aren't working. People are still quarantined. They're losing jobs. And you have unrest. And then when you take in that injustice and you put that on top of the unrest, you're actually bringing everyone together, right? There was, I think, tens of thousands of people out here in Portland. And you saw the picture of um, Damian Lillard um, leading that march or leading that protest. Every single state has had some type of protest, which is, to me, like the biggest bright spot in this. 50 states and like 20 50 countries. That's states. like, the, when we just say every state, that's not small. That's not, wait, wait, there's multiple countries. Yes. yes. And I mean, you know, when we look at like African-American people, usually it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I have never felt so joined um, with people because, you know, back in the day, it's like, oh, you're from the suburbs, you're this or you're that. But now it's like, when I was having conversations with my buddies on the phone, you know, my, my black friends, my white friends, because they were like, you know, I just had a big Zoom call. And I'm like, here, everybody, everybody on this Zoom call can tell you a cop story, right? Oh. We've met many cops, many great cops, but out of all those many great cops, we still have a sense of fear. Like I'm seven foot, I'm an NBA player, I'm a father of four, and I'm terrified of cops. I'm terrified of getting pulled over just because I don't know, nothing I can do can determine his attitude, right? It's a crapshoot in a way. Good, all, all around calm for everybody. Down, calm down, it's a like, slow, slow build, slow build up slow there. Build. <laughs> a slow build like, up there. We ain't let the beat drop yet. Late no like, Do I worry about him being out with them and not like understanding what he can and cannot do? Like I have to have these conversations with him. Like when he rides bikes, you got to ride this way. Or, you know, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't need to have these conversations, right? My parents, you know, gave them to me. I shouldn't have to do that with my kids. And I feel like there is hope um, because of how fed up I think we all are. And I know we all are. But well, I also feel like it's bringing everyone together, like white, black, Latinos, Asians. The, 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 the thing that, that I think is misunderstood sometimes is people associate this with slavery, right? My parents, our parents, they went to school and schools were still segregated. Yeah. Right? Like our parents, like we are children of people that went to, that still had segregation. Like my mom and dad are about to turn 70. They did not, they, their, their schools were still segregated. We're literally one generation away from Jim Crow laws. Like understand like how that impacted that our parents' generation and then how it then gets conveyed to us. Right, so let's not, it's not even just about the slavery. Oh, slavery ended 400 years ago. And, then, and it's like, no, all of these things are still going on. And like you said, Chan, it's, it's so true. It's like, look, just because I live in this neighborhood, just because my son can drive a nice car, that just means that he is potentially more of a target. Sure. Like, who is this black kid with a, back, a backwards hat driving yeah. this car in this neighborhood? Right? Is that car stolen? Did yeah. he steal that car from someplace? I know people roll their eyes, but like we have been passed down story upon story. We have seen story upon story. Like a lot of people will turn the channel 
when they hear one of these stories because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Well, we have to tune in to be like, oh, guess a black guy can't grab his wallet. Oh, guess a black guy can't pee. Like, because we have to know. We have to know these lessons and we have to do it. One thing I want to segue to is I've had some issues with the Drew Brees thing. Um, and I understand like, like how media is going to cover it. I understand all I said. This is my issue. Three days ago, Drew Brees was one of the most respected people in sports. One of the most respected people in sports. For sure. 100%. I respect him. Everyone respects him, what he's done in that community. And then he says something that has been echoed for pretty much for four years. Well, it's a Colin Kaepernick. It's been echoed, right? Like, oh, well, you know, I believe that this is about this. And then everyone jumps down. And now he's basically saying, look, look, okay, after some more conversations, like the more information I get, I understand that I have been, I have been given information or I've been perceiving information in the wrong way. And I apologize. Right. But now people want to assault the man for his apology. And it's like, well, he should have knew this four years ago. And I just think that that is so counterproductive. <laughs> I do. It is true. But like, he's not the only person that felt that way and had these emotions. And so when he takes a step back to be like, oh, well, are you mad because of the outrage? It was like, well, the outrage helped me take a step back and really listen and look that I might not have done four years ago, that I might not have done two years ago. So let's not continue beating the man down, right? Like, because that's the problem. Once you use hate against hate, it only spurs more hate. And so Drew Brees has been overly apologetic. And if we were to look at his actions over the course of his career, everyone would say he is a stand-up guy, he is supportive, he is a legend. And then he makes a statement, and now we want to vilify him. No, look, he made a mistake. He said something that had been said multiple times over. And like, look, you can say there are th certain words that you can say that you can't say today that you could probably say two years ago. Right there, you could probably say, like, and this is, let's be honest, usually when we were joking up in high school, you're like, man, quit being so gay, quit being gay. Oh man, oh man, he's so gay. Like, you would just say that, but that's a derogatory term. Like, those are terms that we grew up with, right? And now it's like, no, you can't say that. Like, those words are cannot be used, and you should never use those words. But it took education on our part. It took learning on our part and it's still, it, it's still being said. And there's like the F word and, and right. oh, oh, oh man, he's a fag. We used to say these things and like, you don't say that anymore. So it's like, I'm okay with the education of Drew Brees, but let's not turn him into villain number one. Let's yeah. not do that. Let's yeah. be like, okay, you learn this, this is understand why. And then, then let's move on. Hopefully him making that statement opened up a greater conversation for people that didn't fully understand what it was. It was never about, it was never about police violence. It was never about military. It was never about disrespecting the flag. It was about trying to bring attention to police, to, to police brutality. But that, if you were watching one news or if you're list reading one type, type of articles, you're not getting that, that two-sided perspective. And so I just think that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, in some instances, some instances, like people have, like, have no excuse. There is nothing, there's no condoning that. But I really do. I look at Drew Brees, and this is not to be apologetic. This man learned a valuable lesson. Now, let's not continue beating him down. Let's use this as an opportunity for him to grow, for him to educate more people, and use this as an example. Like, I'm not big on the cancel culture unless people really need to be canceled, yeah. right? Like, 
if you get the information and you look at this information and you just say screw off, then 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 that's a different story. I think Drew Brees represents ninety percent of I would ninety is a big word. Seventy percent of what white Americans feel like because of what they were told for all those years. Drew spoke out about what he thought. He was very wrong, right? And like we said, there are certain words you don't use. Like, you know, for instance, like Oriental or Asian. It's because those people spoke out versus people that were using the word that is derogatory towards them. Whether you're part of the, you know, LGBTQ community, right? Or you are Black or you're Asian or you're Mexican. There are certain words that you don't use that are derogatory. But you have to speak out to the, them saying, what's wrong first. So Drew Brees accepted his apology, put his hands up, but now you teach him, right? Now yeah, teach him. Let's not, let's not, exactly. if people are like, well, he had plenty of time and I'm this, I'm not accepting his apology. And I did, and it's like, unlearn four years of thought. He said, whoa, like, yeah, bring him four years of this. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned this new today. Let me grow on this. Let me understand yeah. this. Let me see this with new eyes. Actually, as a white American and, uh, obviously a white individual. I will say yep. I had those, the conversations uh, with you, Richard, when this came out, we were talking about it and it is disappointing. It's disheartening and it's large in part confusing, right? Because we know Drew, B Drew Brees to be the individual he is, who he stood for. Um, he's been an NFL man of the year multiple times, but I, I listened yesterday. And deservingly so, deservingly so. He deserved to be man of the year. One that you guys are very familiar with in Maya Moore. And obviously the way in which she left the WNBA to support and fight for injustice of an individual. And I think she made it so clear of what needs to come and kind of just wrapping up and bringing it all full circle for what you guys have said. You don't know what you don't know, right? You only learn what you're taught. And, but from the standpoint of also how good this can be, oh, man. because we have an understanding of, as you mentioned, and, and tried to put a percentage on it, Channing, Drew Brees isn't the only one that thinks, oh. feels, and understands this way. He spoke but, out with well, such a confidence, though. That's how you know he really believed that, right? The right. way he said it, he just spoke for everybody, because yeah. around his friends, he's like, this is what we all think. And, and this is what he's what, what, end of the year, his reputation. Look, look Americans, it. listen, all Americans, before people get all riled up, and I know people are probably tired of this conversation already, but we don't care. Uh, we've never <laughs> cared about what other people thought. I'll give you a great example. We're going to take America out of this, completely out of this. We're going to stop talking about all the stuff in America. We went to college with a swimmer. Arizona has one of the best swim amanda beard went there we've had so many great great olympic swimmers the there was a kid there was a kid that went to from south africa came to arizona to go to college right on the swim team right stud kid and when he got there i had a couple of friends they're like yo he's a little messed up right now and i'm like what are you talking about they're like well he's learning about apartheid and i'm like what do you mean he's learning about apartheid well in south africa apartheid is like the Jim Crow laws. It's segregation. It's very similar. But that's not how he's taught it in his country. Yeah. He was a white male that was taught this is the way things are. Yeah. 
And until he left his country and then came to America and then started learning about the injustices that were going on in South Africa, he did not understand. No. Because that, you know, they always say like history is taught by the winners. Are the history, like the, 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 the winners are the ones that write history, oh, right? Yeah. And, so, and so that's the thing, like he didn't understand and it really messed him up to, he was like, he lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. He went to a predominantly white school. He was taught this about a group of people. And then he had to leave his country come to America and then he takes this and starts getting information because there's countries that don't have access to the information. There's countries that don't, that don't teach certain things. And so when you look at, for a guy like this that had to leave his country to find out what was really going on in his country, yeah. like he was like, you know, I had friends that were like, yeah, he's a little messed up right now because he didn't understand. And so when I hear Drew Brees speak this, not that he didn't have access and is not around African-American teammates, doesn't have an opportunity to sit and talk and listen, but I do understand how people are taught these things. And so, you know, for him, it's an opportunity to educate, but let's not turn him into villain number one. Let's not do I mean, that. There's, let's, there's some other people we can make villain. There's some other people that we can make villain <laughs> number one. And if anything, Drew Brees is the prototypical ally. You want that man on your side. So if you can use this as an opportunity to be like, hey, Drew, let's sit and talk. Let's, have, let, let's, let's make sure that you're discussing this with your three boys and your daughter. Let's right. make sure we're discussing that so that we can move forward in these conversations. And you can be an example, not only to the community, but inside your own home. Oh, yeah. That is the biggest thing. And you know one thing that's crazy? And we don't need to talk about this too much more. There's been so many people calling out friends and family members. Like I saw this girl that was like videotaping a conversation with her father and it's going as viral right now. And she's like, no, you don't understand. She's like, no, some of these people are lazy. She's like, you don't understand the systemic racism. That No, I know these people, they don't, they don't want these jobs. Anyone, she's like, no, that's not how it works. The system is, well, I just think that there are some guys there. And, it's, and it was like, you hear the next generation arguing with the older generation. And that's what we want. Unfortunately, Jake Fromm uh, from Georgia, got called out for a text that he sent, you know, mm -hmm. a year ago. And- What'd he say? Well, basically he was in a conversation with a group text and um, he said they were talking about guns and he says that only, you know, we should make it really hard to get so only elite white people can get them, right? So he says this. Uh, I, and so this girl from the text chain was like, whoa, what do you, what do you mean? And so she posts this picture a year later, screenshots of the conversation one, I'm not a big fan unless I'm not a big fan. One, racism should never be able to hide. Right. Two, I also respect that there are things that are said in private. There are things that are said in a safe place that, that if they're made public for anyone, I don't care who it is, me, you, Ali, sure. it doesn't matter if like private conversations are made public. Like, that's a little much. That's, that, that's a little much. That being said, I, I'm okay with racism not being able to hide even in group text, not even be able to hide in group conversation. So I'm okay with that. But ultimately I look at this shit and I just think that like, we just have to, as a group, not just use this as a time to educate people, not to bury them and cancel them. Yeah. Let me I, ask you guys this too, before we kind of wrap up this conversation. Um, I'm sure you guys read Kyle Corver's post yesterday. Yeah, I was supposed to interview Kyle today, dude. 
Kyle's phenomenal. Remember Kyle, a couple of year, years ago, he put out an article. The eagle. The eagle. And yesterday, <laughs> his words, they're just so direct. There was such purpose. Um, but he, he wrote something. And last night, I was watching Inside the NBA. And, and Kenny, the Jet Smith, of course, kind of echoed the same sentiments. And he just basically said, people who are struggling against injustice shouldn't have the burden to explain why that injustice matters to them and to us. I preface this conversation with the fact that I'm going to listen. And there's a lot of people out there, I think at the start of all of this, who said that they want to ask questions and they want to know and they want to better understand. But kind of to that point, we shouldn't have to come to you guys and, and say, help us find the solution. What is the solution, right? It is our job. There are resources, there are books, there are videos, there are short stories, there are skits, there, there are a multitude of things. And, and let me just say this, and my, my question, so to you is, I was on a, a town hall Zoom meeting earlier in the week with some other college athletes and college coaches of color, of course. And one of those individuals played at Purdue many years ago, asked to the white individuals on this call, why do we think that it is getting the outpour and the response that it is? And I didn't speak up, but my, my thought right then was, given the state of our world before all of this happened, the coronavirus, the pandemic, it has slowed us all down. In reality, you think of the fact that the NBA Finals would be going on right now. Major League Baseball would be going on right now. Okay. There are a multitude of things that are taking athletes, celebrities, oh, movies, the news cycle has been shut down. So with that said, there is an opportunity to use your platforms, to use your voices. And specifically speaking to the NBA, which you guys have all been a part of, it's been incredible. You see players driving hours and marching and, and doing the uncomfortable things. But how, I'm not saying how do we find a solution. My question posed to the both of you is, how do we now make sure that this powerful 10 days, these powerful 10 days, two weeks, don't just stop here? And well, when things do get back to normal, how do you make sure growth and change continues to come to fruition? Well, I think education needs to continue. Like I've had friends, white friends, like Richard, what do I do? And I was like, wait, you have three sons or you have two sons, right? Educate them. Like that's what we need to do. And I understand the knowledge has been there. Is it, it's not, it's inexcusable for Drew Brees to say what he says, but ultimately he's not, he hasn't taken the time to fully educate himself educate himself on this topic and that's where everyone has to educate themselves further like we know that the knowledge is there we know that the data is there we know that the books are there we know that the movies are there but you got to do it more we got to continue doing that and then from there you have to understand that not everyone is going to be on your side with this you have to understand that like if drew Brees would have made that statement six months ago probably nothing would have happened he would have made that statement a year ago probably would nothing would happen. And not to even compare it to another movement, because obviously the civil rights movement has been, you know, you know, around since before all of us were born. But like, let's look at the Me Too movement. There are things that are unacceptable today that would have been brushed off two years ago, a year and a half ago. And it's like, they've always been unacceptable. But now that because they've been put it to the forefront and people that have just been over the top, like they have now, but like, yo, this is not acceptable. People are speaking out. People are speaking up. You are realizing that if you say or do something to a female, 
uh, in an inappropriate manner, you can lose your career. You can use, lose everything. Little jokes of, oh, you know, this looks nice or, oh, you did, like, that's unacceptable. And one thing for, and I'll say this to you, Allie, I will never understand what it's like to be sexually harassed. I will never understand what it's like to be a female in the workplace or to be judged on my looks or to be judged off what I wear or to have people. I will never understand that. Very similar, but I need to sit and listen and educate myself and make sure that my boys don't do that type of stuff to females. They understand that no means no. They understand that, that what you are doing can affect everyone and can affect your life. The same way I have to express to my boys how to treat women, which should be a normal conversation, but obviously there were some things being missed for a long, long time. We are now white people and people of different ethnicities, and it's the same for us. When I, see a, when I see a guy with a turban on, I have to explain to my kid that it's a part of his religion. It's a part of his culture. It's acceptable. He's not a threat. He's not different. He's not weird. He's just different, and that's what makes us all beautiful. And so I just feel like now is the time for all of us to continue educating. And I think that is the number one thing. And then get out and vote, get out and vote, get out and find people that support causes that will support you, that will support equality and, and fight for change. Now we need our lawmakers to go and write, write laws, right? Right. And it's not just to your point, it's not just national voting. It's just not for your president. It's your local election. It's your local, yeah, yeah, because they, shape, your, they yeah. shape everything. So there's a lot to be learned here. Understand, um, you know, I, I'm glad that Drew Brees is an individual that can be taught, that can be learned. And it was funny, it's like every draft year, we would see a ton of guys get drafted and then people would go through their Twitter and find racist statements, racist comments that they made when they were 15 or 17 or 18 or nine. Like, so like, this is not the first time that, that we've had to have this conversation. Um, uh, Drew Brees, like somebody said, look, every day there's one villain on Twitter and your goal is to not be that person. Yeah. Right, so that's your goal. You don't want that. You don't yeah, want Channing. Tell him Channing. You, you don't, don't want, want to be that person, look. Channing. You don't want problems. Look, Twitter is endless, and they are tireless. But here's my thing, and I think obviously educating it, but the social media gives you like a salt, false sense of like what is becoming a new normal, right? Because you'll look and you're like, look at all these people doing all these amazing things. But to me, that's nice and it's appreciated. And it's motivating at times, it gives you hope. But for me, it's calling out your friends. Like if you're informed, if you're the one person that's informed in your group and you hear somebody, whether that's cat calling to a woman or making us a, a blanket statement about a race, you gotta kind of check them like, yo man, we can't say that. Like you can't, like it doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to get on your soapbox. Hey, we can't do that, man. Like that's, that's not right, right? If they still do it, then you gotta step to the side. Like you, you as, a white American, a white woman cannot allow people that you're around when you, when there's no black people around to make blanket black people statements, right? Like they how make- many time, they, How many times have we seen kids oh, get man. on at a sorority party or at a fraternity party? We saw it at SAE. We saw it, we saw it, uh, it was, I believe it was Oklahoma. And it's just like, they're, they're using the N word or they're making- Happens these everywhere. It happens everywhere, but there people are videotaping it. It's like, how fucking dumb are you to videotape yourself doing this? That shows a level of like of ignorance. It shows a level of 
they Nobody feel that it's acceptable. Yeah. And it's like, this is where you can use this as teaching moments. Show this video of these kids doing this, show it to your kids and say, these kids got kicked out of school. These kids lost their opportunities. These kids can't get education. These kids are struggling because they wanted to make racist jokes. These kids weren't able to graduate high school. They weren't able to go to prom. Being racist isn't worth it. So don't, if you see people doing it, leave. If you see people doing it, call them out. These call are the out. teaching moments that we can use, especially for, for white parents of white children, of white boys, of white girls. Show them that what is at, at stake if you do this. And so I, I think those are the, that, that's the one thing that we're taking from this. And it's just a small, small portion. And people are talking about it to a full another extent. But we're going to switch topics because I'm fucking tired of I'm tired of being tired of being tired. But it's a good time. It's a great tire because you're fighting the good fight and we all have to continue. One thing that bringing, I, I it's bring, like because it's so uncomfortable, it's making that conversation less uncomfortable. Everyone's yes. like, damn. All right. We fucked up. Like, how could we make this better? And our next generation, which I am super hopeful and hyped for, is so informed people you know like our parents didn't really travel overseas they didn't see the world this next generation has been overseas they've seen what america looks like from the other side you know you told that story so now everyone's like whoa you can't say that he's not even black he's from germany right he's not <laughs> even, like what are you talking about you can't just blanket you know i like to use you can't blanket statement somebody just by the way they look you can't judge and i think kids and people you have so many mixed kids now whether they're you know, Chinese, Japanese, South, South African, and, and, and regular black, you know, you don't know where people are from and where they're, who, where they are with their religious beliefs. So you can't just, just like assume anything. People so don't, can, like, yeah. people don't understand, people don't understand the things that have been covered. Yeah. Oh. Right? Like, it's like, everyone loves Egypt, the pyramids. It's gorgeous. You know where that is? in Africa. It's Africa. It's yeah. Egypt is Africa, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I believe in the Bible. Jesus Christ, I believe in the Bible. That was in Israel. That's the Middle East. <laughs> Look at those people. If you are a firm believer in the Bible and in Jesus Christ, Look at that. That's when people used to joke about the white Jesus with the blue, yeah. with the blue eyes and the blonde hair. There is no way in human history that Jesus Christ, well, I'm not saying no way. I mean, he might have been out. You know, he, he might have been out. But I'm just saying, ultimately, <laughs> that is an image. That is an image that has been given to people. And then the image has then been used. You say, you say South African, right? The reason why you say South African is to distinguish yourself from the rest of Africa. No, you're from Africa. Yeah. I don't care if it's South Africa, West Africa, East Africa. Like, yeah, there is a segment. There is a a segment there, but you don't say, you know, you know, Western American, Eastern yeah. American, Southern American. <laughs> Look, no, I'm from the South. Where are you from? I'm from Africa, but I'm from you know the Southern part of Africa. Or I'm from you know I'm from Western United States. These are all little bitty things that have been done to like like change and segregate and to push people and to put them in different spots but like understand people when you want to talk about how beautiful things are and how you know egyptians and egypt and they built the pyramids well that's all in africa right like understand that there are beautiful cultures and beautiful people all around the world you just have to take a moment to listen and understand
You guys are amazing. I appreciate your thoughts. We could spend all the time in the world um, on this topic. And obviously it's going to continue for the rest of the world. Um, But I think the biggest thing here is obviously to, as you guys often say as athletes, until you find the opportunity to be uncomfortable, you will seek no growth. So I encourage- Dropping knowledge. Oh man. I encourage all to do that. Elevation causes expansion. Never forget that. There you go. So this is never an easy transition, but let's make the transition into the other latest news within all of this. The NBA. Danny Fry hates Michael Jordan. Yes. No, I do not hate Michael Jordan. Dude. I still have those arguments to this day. I'm like, dude, if you listen, I said he's 1A or 1B. I'm seven foot. That's what we've talked about. No one takes the time to listen. Oh, well, fuck it. Okay. Basketball, here we go. Do you want to keep talking about Michael Jordan or show him? No, I don't care. I'll talk about it. You know me. What's up? What's up? I'm not the villain this there. Get it all out there because I feel like you couldn't do your justice on Twitter between gifts and... Oh, yeah, but I've done... I've done... uh, Well, here's the thing. I like to talk. First of all, and, and growing up, I did grow up in Phoenix. I just wasn't a Jordan guy, right? And when I say that, that is not discrediting anything he's ever done. And who I gives a shit Jordan, if you want to discredit him? Who gives a shit? I'm just saying. Right? I think Jordan Bayless goes out every day. When I watched Jordan, I was 10 years old, right? I didn't understand the game. I loved for everything that he did for the game. As I got older, I started to understand the game. I got better. To me, my Mount Rushmore would be, Jordan would be 1A, which means that that is the guy that I saw first that was amazing, that was like, you know, bigger than life, bigger than basketball. And then once I got older, I was a huge Tim Duncan guy, right? To me, Tim Duncan was like, I was thought I was going to be a, a post-up center. And I was like, I want to pattern my game after this guy. And people forget Tim Duncan won a lot in 20 years, right, that he played. He won... A, a lot. lot. A lot. And so they try to discredit him. But I'm like, doesn't he have four or five championships? Didn't he beat some five. of the best teams ever? Five. Right? So it's like, anyways. And then the third for me is LeBron. Over the course of LeBron's career, he has done almost more yeah, than yeah. any other player. And you just got to look at his consistency, um, what he's done in this generation um, when it comes to activism, when it, uh, when it comes to um, being a role model, when it comes to, um, he, and, and I forgot who said it. I think Steven Jackson said it right. He goes, everybody had a posse growing up, but Braun was the only one to make his posse millionaires and for them to continue that, right? He did it right. He put all his boys on and they just took off. Boom, boom, boom. And they are all are CEOs, presidents, owners of their own companies that have been successful. So that to me also shout out to Maverick, Rich Paul, Randy, shout out everybody. Right? Like what he does is he's inspiring that next generation to control your brand and to build that and to control the narrative of, of your story. So and that being said, people didn't didn't like that I said Jordan shot a lot. If you look at the stats it was, the one, it was the one-dimensional part. You said that he only the, had to focus on the a, you know, That and then the other thing. Do you really believe and did you really say without – couldn't average 50? No, that players today would not want to play with them. Dude, listen, and this is why I say this. Jordan was playing with grown men, 
right? Jordan's teammates were vets. Now, could he be on the Clippers, the Lakers, San Antonio, and maybe Milwaukee? A thousand percent. You couldn't put him on the Knicks. You couldn't put him on a young team. Oh, he would have drove himself crazy. Right. That's he what I'm saying. Crazy. People, people were crucifying, sorry, Jesus, uh, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> they were killing Jimmy Butler. For what this he was doing in Minnesota. What he was doing. Yeah, I know. I, Channing, you're right. Channing, Channing, people. What do you think the 18-year-old is going to do when you don't let him eat? There are some big guys in this league. You, he wasn't letting Horace Grant a man. A man. He was like, yo, give me that. I'm really mad that we waited this long to have this. Oh, it's all right. (laughs) Okay. The NBA. (laughs) What do you guys think? Okay. I will be negative Nancy here. I don't. I'm excited. I don't know if it's going to happen. If it's going to work. 1,000%. I don't know. (laughs) And this is what I told Allie before we got on. It's a lot of money. But when you're in the playoffs, you're in one place for a week. They're in one city on one campus for four months. Are you shitting me? Without access to wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. August, September. Oh, suck it up! Like this is what I'm saying though. We've been quarantined at home. Some of these people were quarantined. Your home, Richard, your home is beautiful. They're in a hotel. I'm, no, no, no. Oh, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about people in general. When oh, you guys were, we're talking about NBA players, and you ran through the first two rounds back to back years, ran one of the through. biggest and most favorite things that you guys would always talk about was that you could be in your home in your bed for a week before that next round. But these individuals are going but, to have but, to but be in a hotel without is, their but, families. But but this is what I'm saying though. I understand that. I understand that. I do. I fully. But like, let's say that there are four to five teams that believe they can win a championship. I don't care where you put me. Give me my jersey. Give me a ball. Toss it up. I want to win a championship. Channing, if they were to tell us in 2016 that we had to go quarantine, what the fuck would you have done? Okay, okay. that's easy to ask the question now because you know how 2016 <laughs> ended up. Like, come on, Richard. But, but, but no, I, I say, I say it because... Video games is on. No, I, I, no I, I say it because it's like, when you have a singular goal that you're trying to accomplish, it doesn't matter where you want me, where you put me. I just have to go do it. Like, yeah, we can complain about it, but it's not like some of these teams, like after the first like few weeks, some of these teams are going home. Then the next round, then the next round. And then all of a sudden it starts getting realer and more real and more intense. And like, I guarantee you, you get to those conference finals, people are going to be missing their families. They're going to be missing being at home. It's going to suck. But that's part of being a champion now. In this moment, part of being a champion is being able to trigger your brain to shut all of that out and go focus on what the goal is. I'm not saying it's gonna, not going to okay. suck. It's going to suck. Let me, let me so, finish. Also, you're, you're getting doing. that needle stuck in your nostril every, every day. single day. What's your point? I don't, I don't follow your point. I don't follow your point. Damn brain. Okay, let me pitch these two things. They literally do have to touch your brain. Someone said it because, unfortunately, you guys know what it's like to get all the way to the finals and then, on one hand, not end up the champion. Three times. Did that three times. It was terrible. However, with that said, you ultimately always had three and a half months before you had to then start again. Yesterday, someone mentioned on our roundtable show on Spectrum with the Lakers that how bad will it suck to get to game six, get to game five, seven of the finals, and ultimately not win, and then have to turn around and start next year a month later. One month, less than one month. 
October 12th would be game seven. Training camp starts November 10th. No excuses. Play like a champion. Yeah, but those teams wouldn't even – they would take that <laughs> off and slow roll. Slow roll. Our training camp, after we won, was very cushy. Okay. It was cushy regardless. I, look, I understand. Look, I think we're talking about, like, the challenges that are going to pop up. For two teams. For, for two teams and ultimately for multiple teams. I, I, I get that. I get it. There's going to be challenges. No one cares. No one okay, cares. So let me ask no you one this. cares. And Last that, and that, night, I'm speaking Thursday, on, uh, inside the NBA, Adam Silver was asked the question because ultimately it's what shut down the NBA to begin with, right? If one player were to test positive, the belief is that they do not have to quarantine the entire team. No, they would just, they would just remove him. How tough is that going to be if then that is your star player? Well – star players need to be the most careful they need to look we've not said that this I know they're just all conversations it's all the no. reality of what we're about to all get ourselves into well and, and that's and that's a fair point Ali my point my point my point is this is like star players get injured start like like look at how the, how did Rana win the championship not saying that they couldn't have won it without the injuries but that damn sure did help them not having Kevin Durant and not having uh not having Clay Thompson like it's a part of it so in this day and age and fast forward, you know, a year, year and change, if your star player catches COVID and he's got to sit out, that's very similar, not similar, but that's in the same mindset of a star player getting injured, right? Like, we, we have to understand that. Like, it's not going to be perfect. We, we have to somewhat throw out what we know to be true and start going on these truths, at least moving forward. I'm with you. It's going to suck. I want to know Giannis, what this looks like logistically, though. Like, where do these guys get their food from? Who, who brings in their food? Like, what I'm saying is they could be on a campus in their bubble, but stuff has to come in and go out. So do, do they have one chef that cooks for each team? Like, that's the stuff that I'm kind of interested in. I feel like the guys are going to play. And they'll be fine. There's, I can't wait to see who's going to be the chubbiest for me. I just can't wait. I can't stop. Can we do the chub? Can we do the chubby? The chubby checker? Oh yeah. boy! Can we start the chubby the checker? What's the chubby checker? Uh, first of all, do you know who play. chubby checker is, Allie? Do you know who chubby checker is? Hold on, hold on. Allie, don't don't. Did do. someone really team. name their child chubby? His name is Chubby Checker. Listen, somebody on the Suns thought this whole season was over. Right? Somebody on the Kings thought their season was over and they weren't working out and now they got to get back in shape. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear Chubby Checker's most famous song? Yes, please. Why do I do it? You are tickled by this. I'm so tickled. (laughs) (laughs) That's Chubby Checker? That's Chubby Checker. That's his real name. That's his real name. His name is Chubby Checker. It might be a stage name. Okay. But it goes right in there. Maybe that could be a segment when we start to talk about the future of road tripping and what everyone can look forward to. Maybe that can be a segment. The Chubby Checker? (laughs) Chubby chubby Checker of the day. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Well, we know it's not going to be James Harden because James Harden looked like he lost like 20. James James Harden lost. (laughs) James Harden lost a Patrick Beverly. (laughs) 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 
I want to sure. say James Harden lost the James Harden, but he basically lost a smaller human being. Speaking of just throwing this out there because Kendrick Perkins feels like it takes their odds to winning a championship because of that to the next level, we should probably have him on road tripping. Just oh, we could definitely have that. we could definitely have our guy Perk on here saying some silly Is shit. Perk but, but Perk, Perk, I, like he said that, and I was like, Perk, wait, wait a second. So, go on. No, I'm just. I was just. I I shot that down. I don't. I think the Rockets are going to be formidable, especially given this new format, small ball, fast pace. People probably aren't in the best shape. I. I but I wouldn't say favorites. I, uh, favorites, no. not me. Do you, no. Do you feel this play-in format is going to allow someone besides the Memphis Grizzlies to be in the eighth spot in the West? Yes, yep. the Portland Trailblazers. Yes, Which, I think so. I found it That's ironic that. They were the one team to vote against the playoff format. They didn't they, want they didn't, all 22 teams. They, they didn't did not, want the Sixers – not the Suns and the uh, – I think the Spurs. It, yeah, they, they did not vote because they did not want to come in. They voted that way because they, um, because they felt like there was a better format. So that, that was their kind of quiet protest. They knew it was going to go – to be like 20 teams? Yeah. I don't. We. I don't know. They just said it was a better oh. format. They believe that there was a better format. I don't, Channing might know more. I don't, I don't know. Um, on that. Who's that? Who's that? Margo. She's laughing. Margo, Margo get your butt over here. Come here. Okay. Hey, girl. Hey. Say oh, hi. she's back there. Oh, oh yeah. say hi to Uncle Hi, Margo. Hi. Hi. Oh, she's so cute. You know what? I'll be like, here's my thing. The NBA, I think, if people want to watch the Blazers <laughs> versus... <laughs> Girl, get up out of here. Yeah, get you. Oh, I like her outfit. She's teaching that girl, Channing. She's dancing on tables. Look how cute that outfit is. What? I have three girls. Oh, she's so This is new. This is new. Like, these. Like, I didn't grow up around girls. So, this is new. And me learning, like, um, I have to, like, say things differently. Which is, as a dad, which is. What do you mean? Like, like my son, Hendrix, I'd be like, boy, you got to man up. And my wife's like, dude, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, crap, you can't. Because what do I say to Margo? Man up? You know what I'm saying? You mean, so it's like, put you your mean, big girl panties on. You mean? Basically. Allie's like, wait, can you say that? Yeah, you can. That's actually what I heard. Yeah, put oh, your okay. big girl panties on. Yeah. But like, I've actually heard man up, but to our point earlier, there's things that. You could tell her to woman up. Woman up. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Put your big girl panties on. Yeah, we don't we don't have to we don't have to shield our kids from ba basically telling them to strengthen themselves and no, right. But there's a way to say it that empowers one thousand percent. Like yeah, yeah, so yeah. Without you don't want to be demeaned. But again, trust me, I've had many a wine conversations okay. where I'm like writing notes, like I can't say that anymore. Ah, yeah. Thanks, right? Can I say this? Hell no. Slap no. <laughs> yeah, you use sarcasm. Like I tell my roommates. Can you guys believe that two and a half months ago quarantine started? And we're still in. Quarantine. I feel like it was longer than two and a half. Oh, quarantine! Months. Listen, I'm gonna say this we're now. We're in June. When did this Look, shit start? I'm gonna say this, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Three months. Three months now. Listen, after all these protests and marches with all these people, if COVID doesn't spike in a week, the world is just gonna be like America is gonna be like, open it up. I sent you the Florida Vegas, results. Vegas is popping right now. People are so tired of being quarantined. It's ridiculous. I saw the Lake of the Ozarks joint. Oh, <laughs> fact. 
Fact. But I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see what, <laughs> what these teams look like. Sorry to jump back, but like, I, I want to see what the Blazers look like with the healthy Nurk, Zach Collins. Oh, that that was my last point. Sorry, that was my last point. Should Nurk, Kevin Durant, yes. and yes. Kyrie be allowed? Allowed? Yes, yes, yes. They're hundred percent. Now, will they? That's a different story. Should you they be allowed? Read one. Th- no, Kyrie. no, Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. I think Kyrie said he's not playing anyways. Yeah, but everyone should be allowed. If you're on an NBA roster, you should be allowed. They should actually even open themselves up to, like, you wonder, like, are they going to be able to open themselves up to free agents, right? Are there people that they can add to rosters, right? Like, you know, shout out to my boy, Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, these guys, um, even, you know, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Kelton. Like, guys that are healthy now, they should have an opportunity to add to rosters because one thing that you do know is that you can have – there's going to be an increased um, opportunity for injury because these guys have had a longer – okay, let, let's put this in perspective, people. You typically get eight preseason games or seven preseason games, and then you start the regular season. And let me be honest, the first ten games of the regular season is like a joke. So you're giving these guys basically eight regular season games and then you're jumping them into the postseason after a three-month layoff. I'm not saying that that's a recipe for there's going to be some interesting stuff, but that's a recipe for some interesting stuff. So you, you should be able to fill out your roster and add guys that, that probably weren't on your roster before. There should be a free agent pickup time or like, hey, you're allowed to invite these guys to your camp. Just in case bodies. you get injured, you need bodies. Right now, you need more bodies. That's that's what's that's the most important thing. Which is so interesting because what we really need is less bodies in contact. With we're we're referencing rosters, but yeah, that's what I'm saying though. The, no, that's my point though. Is yes, you do need, but you're also going against the beast of it all that doesn't give a shit what we need a virus. That the more bodies put together, no, but no, but we're but we're but we're still talking. We're not adding like an, we're not trying to make it an 18 man roster. We're just saying that that 15-man roster that you're allowed to have, right. if you had a G League kid or, or you can pick between a G League kid in the postseason or you can pick between having Jamal Crawford on your 15th man, yeah. right, that, that's a decision that should be allowed, right? That, that's more of what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we don't want 20 people on each team. That's not – no. It's like keep the same amount of roster spots, but that roster should be able to be adjusted to a certain point. If a guy was in China playing – which happens a lot. Guys would be in China. They would come back, have that period where they could then join a roster. Shoot, Dante Jones joined us on the last game of the regular season and was instrumental in game six uh, of helping us win that game. Like, those are the guys that I'm talking about, the Dante Jones, guys like that that can help you win one game, two games, and really impact the chance of winning a championship. Shout out, Dante. Punk ass. Either way, it's all starting July 31st. Wild. Yeah. Nuts. Um, all right, Richard, have your moment. I, it's not my moment. This is a moment for yeah, glory. Tell everyone. It's a beautiful thing. I'm giving you an opportunity. I, no, I think, okay, so let me say this. I got a text from somebody very influential, very, very, very influential. Oh, uh, thank you, Richard. Big, not you. Oh. Very big and powerful inside of the media space and was like, hey, uh, right. what are you doing? Do you want to you want to do some some you know podcast? Do you want to come on? And I, I I obviously I respect this individual, um, but in my head I'm thinking everyone thinks that road tripping has been sleeping. No 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 no. Road tripping has not been sleeping. You know what road tripping has been doing? We've been working in this quarantine, people. 
let me tell you what we got. We got for you. We, let, me, let me tell you what we got coming for you guys. Road One, me, Channing, and Allie will be doing a weekly podcast. We're still trying to decide where it's going to be under, but we got a weekly podcast coming for you. We're back with the guests. We're back with everything. But in addition to this, people that, that uh, follow us know that on Spectrum, we have our television show, but we're moving we're moving. We are now going to be on altitude. Uh, so if you're in the Denver area, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, uh, we're going to be on altitude. We're going to be on Fox Sports Ohio, the original family. So road tripping is coming to Fox Sports Ohio. It's coming to altitude. Um, uh, it's on the Yes Network uh, already, and it's on Spectrum. And we are talking to multitudes of other regional networks. So um, we're still waiting to see the details of this, but just no road tripping family, all the people that have been around since we were the originators of the, of the sports podcast of the team podcast, uh, we are growing. So you're going to get a ton of guests. We're going to be doing this moving into the future, but just know that road tripping is back. We are moving and we've been working tirelessly on getting this content and getting this stuff ready. You see that's that's only a small part because there are bits and pieces of information that we just can't share yet. Ooh, that yes. is even bigger than that. So um, I think that's something to look forward to. I also encourage, given we are going across different platforms and going to be in different regions, that if you do have a favorite player or a favorite individual that you would like us to have on as a guest, um, I think it would be wise for you to shoot them into our comments. Um, let us know. This will also be posted on our YouTube channel. So yep. if you are watching on YouTube, comment below. Um, but also continue to look out for us on a weekly basis. We're going to so figure gonna, out yeah. we want to go Thursday drops, Friday drops. Yeah. We got to figure but that we're out. We're going to just know. So like I said, altitude, we'll be posting, follow us on roadtripping.com, uh, or .com, roadtripping. Uh, Damn, that, old that, ass, what you got, got that too. Uh, road, road tripping <laughs> uh, pod on Twitter. Go fry, go, go follow Milton Fry on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Damn! R.I.P. Damn, <laughs> Edit, edit. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't check that Facebook. It's fine. Milton is my like real one, and then Channing is like the fan page. Yeah, you have a fan page, <laughs> dude. I got at least two people in there. One of them is Milton. The other one is Lauren. You're, you know, you're the only person I follow on Twitter. And if you knew the amount of like hate that I get from that. Perfect. Love Look that. at Allie's face. Allie's face is like, no, no funny. I just I retweet stuff. I don't, I don't want you to be my follower anyways. People were like, how do you not know that stuff? Like, well, I only follow one person on Twitter, so I really miss a lot. Yeah, you actually creep on everyone else, which is the Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, I watch. I look at everything. I typically, I'm a big what's trending. I'm like, well, who does Twitter hate today? Oh, <laughs> is it me? Have you ever been trending? Because we know what? Channing has. Channing trended for <laughs> probably a record time. Yeah. Uh, have you ever trended? Who, me? Yeah. Not when, not since I've been on Twitter. No. <laughs> uh, I might have said some silly stuff on TV. <laughs> I might have said one or a few things. I might have trended for a couple hours. But when you get the, the 24 hours. Oh, oh, yeah. When you, when you like, wake up, trend, go to bed, wake up again, and you're still <laughs> trending. <laughs> Listen, at first I That's was like, you oh. said something. Did you, you get some more followers though? Did you at least get your followers up? Most of them were hate follows, but still. Uh, I don't even know. Hold on. Let me think. Oh, I think so. Maybe. Real talk. Can I actually ask you about the, <coughs> God bless you. 
Meteorology. Can I actually ask you about the food company that? Oh, the fries? When they're like, here, here's some fries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put this on. You got to dump in the trash. You're like, then they go, well, I'm going to give you a terrible review on Yelp. And they were like, that won't be your, that won't be your first terrible review today. (laughs) But see, that I love. They shot you down. That I love, right? And they DM me. They're funny as shit. I love that. Like, going back and forth, I could do that all day, right? But, like, that part made it fun. But then all of a sudden, the the goblins and trolls started to emerge their head (laughs) trying to fuck with my fun. Yeah, no, people, Twitter, people, 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 Twitter yeah. about a week off, so I'm away. Yeah. People aren't very nice. People aren't very nice. We don't talk about politics here, but oh, no. was it was it Joe Biden said 10 to 15 percent of, of Americans aren't very good people? All of those people started attacking Channing. Oh, no. <laughs> Channing got all Channing got all 10, 15 percent of those all people. Of it. And none of them had any followers, any pictures. They were all trolls. They literally were like, I can't wait to fucking cuss Channing out right now. <laughs> It's like the automatic name they give you, like like Sweet Honey Pie two two seven four two. Fuck you, Channing. <laughs> you legit put people on blast too out of your DMs. Oh, I love it. This little kid. I'm like, dude, get, where are your parents, little boy, cussing me out, calling me a little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but here's another thing about that I learned: racist people on Twitter will need don't need any excuse to say a racist thing towards you, right? Especially in a big group. So like, I imagine them were like following and they were like, oh, Channing doesn't like Jordan? Racist tweet. <laughs> Jordan can't score 50? Fuck you, racist tweet. He's like, jeez. Oh, that's what, hey, that's what Anonymous needs to do. They need to start, they need to go start like naming these troll accounts. Oh, if they name the troll accounts, dude, I bet you half of them were you, you little fuck. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> You got me. Yeah, you guys, got me. Richard got like four different phones. Like, got his ass. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm straight Matrix. I'm straight <laughs> Matrix. Um, uh, I can't believe it, but we've amassed an hour. Oh, an hour. Yeah, it's been an hour, one minute. Boom, guys, it's right there. We love you all. <laughs> <laughs>